It's Enrico Palazzo! How about that? Welcome to a very special mini-sode of Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, featuring your emails with your host, Michael Govier. Take it away, Mike! Hello, everybody. This is a brief edition of the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Today it's just going to be solo Gobier, no deary mixed into the recipe this evening. I thought I would catch up with you guys because we were not able to get together this week. Chris is busy, I've been busy, getting two people in the same place at the same time you think would be easy and really in this day and age with how podcasts are done, you would think that we could just Skype each other even though he lives a mile away. But we do it live together. We'll do it live! Bill O'Reilly shout out. We do it together face to face so that we can flow better. The microphones are here. We have it all set up in our lovely dining room here off of Washtenaw Avenue in the great city of Ann Arbor. The city of trees with many sister cities across the globe in Germany and Japan and Cuba. I digress. So uh, I'm going to do a a mailbag catch-up, call it whatever you want. You know, this is pretty much a cliche now on podcasts to have a mailbag. And we get emails from you, our loyal listeners, who we dearly, dearly adore. Thank you so much for listening. I mean that. So I'll read the emails that we've gotten over the last week. Give my feedback. If you want Chris's feedback, you'll have to wait till next week when we record our continuing episode in the series of rankings. Next week, we will record middle infielders, shortstops, and second basemen. Last week, we did the corners, first and third base. We talked about Edwin Encarnacion a lot after I went back and edited the pod. He got a lot of run in the show. So if you're big on him, good luck with that. I'm not so big on him. But that's not what this is about. This is just about answering some of your questions and giving some feedback from just my self. Michael Govier. So, let's get it started. You've got mail. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. We're also on Twitter. We've got 98 followers now. Holy crap. I know it sounds lame. Like, keeping score with followers is so bogus. But we have 98 followers, and I'm thrilled about that. It's very exciting. So, thank you for following us on Twitter. Oh, we have 99 now. We're one away from 100. That's great. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. We're on Instagram, all that. We don't use Instagram as much, but if that's your thing, hit us up. Send us a picture of yourself with your favorite baseball player or the baseball card of that player. I don't know. Or if you have a starting lineup from back in the 90s, if you got one of those, send us a picture of Bo Jackson in a Royals uniform. Okay, so let's get into it here. Our first email from the last week comes from Larry. Larry says, hello, boys. I've caught up on all five episodes now, and I like what I hear. Specifically, I think you keep getting better as you go. The interaction between the two of you, sorry we can't do that this week, Larry, is great, and you know your stuff. 
I'm picking up some tips for fantasy and maybe I can do better in my Knights Downtown League this year. Apparently that's a fantasy league. Actually, I'm in that league and I think Deary runs it. Knights is a restaurant in Ann Arbor. Great steak. Woo! Beautiful steaks, beautiful menu, really stiff drinks. If you're ever in Ann Arbor and you want a stiff drink, if you're freezing your ass off and you're like, man, I need a cocktail stat and no, you know, detailed fancy cocktail, just a classic, you know, Jack and Coke or whatever, go to Knights Downtown. Good stuff in Ann Arbor. Larry continues on. I also like the choice of intro music and the narrator intro of the show. Congrats on being invited to the TGFBI. Looking forward to future podcasts. The early drafter. Thank you, Larry. We appreciate you giving us a shout out and your support. We love it. Thank you very much. And you are the early drafter. We did talk about that. Chris did say that you were already doing drafts in January. So, hey, kudos to you, Larry. Keep it up. And we appreciate your support. All right. What else do we got here? Let's see. We already did that one, didn't we? All right. How about this one? This is from our old pal, Ricardo Montalban. He says, Bieber, Bueller, or Severino? If you have to drop one in a dynasty format, which one goes? Hmm, Shane Bieber, Walker Bueller, or Louis Severino? Well, this email was written earlier in the week before we found out about Severino. It looks like the news is not good, so Severino's raw he's gone he's off the list immediately and that's between bueller and bieber and to me there's no comparison i would rather have bueller any day of the week because he's just got the pedigree man he's the guy you want the way he throws it's so effortless he has such a beautiful beautiful style and shane bieber i think he's due for a little regression possibly i'm a little concerned about he Maybe he overachieved, and if that is the case, then I think it's considerable and reasonable to think that Bieber's going to slide back a bit. But Bueller's stats are a lot of fun. Last year, he started in 30 games. He pitched 182 innings. He also pitched 137 the year before that, so you know you can rely on him, which is great news. With these young pitchers, as we all know, it's tough. You know a guy that you like, right? And he may not have had enough of the innings pitched and had his arm strength built up over the years to give you what you need from him. You have to wait for him. You might have, like Chris Paddock last year pitched 120 innings, or excuse me, 140 innings, and he was limited because he has to build up to that. So it's a problem, but that's not a problem with Walker Bueller. He's coming into his own in 2020. He's going to be 25 as the season starts. Last year he had an ERA of 326, and his FIP was 301, which looks even better. Uh, his left on base rate was 71%, so there actually could be improvement on that. It was 78 in 2018. I love Bueller. I think Bieber is going to slip back a bit. Bueller gives you a 10.6K per nine as a starting pitcher. You got to love that, especially if you're in a league that does rates. You're going to love having a starter who can give you those kind of numbers. So, hey, of the three of those guys, Bieber, Bueller, obviously Severino's out. Give me Bueller. And the next question is, Blackman's descent or Alvarez's rise? Lord Vader, rise. Hmm. I think Jordan Alvarez is the fun guy, right? Blackman is always, 
In my home league called Bless You Boys, which is a keeper league, this year we kept six. We do a rotation of, we went from 10 to eight to six, and now we're gonna get back up to 10. Blackman is always a hot topic on the show. And if, for those of you that are in the league listening now, you know what I'm talking about. He's getting older, but he still produces, and there seems to be this kind of dismay for Charlie Blackman. The steals have gone down, as we know, and that was one of his selling points, especially in Roto Leagues. I think the Blackman will give you what, he'll give you what he gives you every year. You know, you, you could always rely on him to score runs. He plays in Coors Field. It's just never a problem with Charlie. And it's not like he's totally put out to pasture. He's 33 years old. And he's still in a, a four-year, $77 million contract that runs through 2021 with player options beyond that. So Charlie has been around for a bit, but he's got a few good years left in him. He's just not stealing bases anymore. Last year, he stole two. 2018, he stole 12. And the days of him stealing 43 bases, which he did in 2015, are long gone. I say give me... I think you got to go with the Alvarez rise. Although the questions about what's going on with the Astros will concern people, but don't get caught up in the moment. Think big picture. Know that there's still a great lineup in Houston, and Alvarez had one of the highest weighted runs created over the last 20 years of any rookie since 2000. I read a stat a couple months ago that caught my eye, and he was on a list of some really great players and who are still studs today. So. I think Alvarez's ascension, not Blackman's descent, is where the focus is. Part three of Richard's question. Phil Collins or Peter Gabriel? <laughs> Gun to your head, which one's music are you stranded with on an island with no other options? This makes me really sad. I don't think I should answer this because Chris would love to be here for this question. I know he would pick Peter Gabriel all day. Personally, I like Phil Collins over Peter Gabriel, though both are fantastic. Uh, In Your Eyes is a romantic tearjerker, but Phil Collins just has certain songs that really hit me and touch me. I mean, they're fun, danceable songs like Susudio. Uh, there's also songs like it, Being a Part of Genesis. Obviously, Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel share that connection. But the Genesis songs with Phil Collins are great, too. Yeah. It's always the same, it's just a shame, that's all. Love that song. I go Phil Collins. Take Me Home, Just Another Day in Paradise. Love that song. I don't even like the uh, the big song. Uh, I can feel it, you know. That's not even a song I really enjoy by him. Phil Collins, you're my man. And then lastly, the fourth part of this question. Greasy Dave in Livingston County says, the classic McChicken at McDonald's is the best chicken sandwich available. I think it is pure trash and that any option at Chick-fil-A is superior in every way. Please weigh in and help Greasy Dave see the error of his ways. This is a no-brainer. Anything at Chick-fil-A is superior to the McChicken. It sounds like Dave has never had Chick-fil-A, and living in Maryland for the last two years, I got to experience Chick-fil-A quite often because it was two miles away from where I lived, and the spicy chicken sandwich combo with the cherry Coke and well-done waffle fries is a winner, and also the nuggets are delicious. The Chick-fil-A sauce is incredible. Chick-fil-A has bogus political views, but every corporation, if you dig in, you're going to find things you don't like about them. So I'm pretty sure that there are 
gay men and women who eat at Chick-fil-A because they know it's just so damn good. <laughs> so, despite Chick-fil-A's ill-advised political contributions and points of view, I'm taking Chick-fil-A all day and twice on Sunday if they were open, which they are not. Okay, thank you, Richard. A couple of fantasy baseball questions and then some random bozo questions. Those are fun. All right, next email is uh, from, oh, it's Larry again. Hey, Larry. Okay, so this was a few days later. Larry checks in with a scenario. End of draft selection needed and asking your opinion on these infield, outfield, and starting pitching choices. How would you rank them? Which is the best pick? Okay, so Larry wants to know, end of draft selection needed, and he wants to get an opinion on this infielder, outfielder, and starting pitching choices, and he wants us to rank them which is the best so infield Yandy Diaz Kevin Newman Tommy Edmond give me Edmond all day I love what Edmond does he steals bases he's got pop he was a real shot of life for the Cardinals last year and Matt Carpenter his best days may be over so although Yandy Diaz if he's healthy he might be the better player and Kevin Newman is very undervalued uh shortstop for the Pirates Kevin Newman's a lot of fun and he's not a player I own, but he is a guy that caught my eye a few times last year. So I'm certainly going to keep an eye on Newman. It's a crappy lineup in Pittsburgh this year, obviously. But I kind of like what Kevin Newman showed in limited duty. He's only 26 years old. And uh, he can do quite a few things for you. 16 steals with 12 home runs, 64 RBIs. And he hit 308 last year with an on-base of 350. In 130 games, he hit 308. So that's legitimate. His walk rate's low at 5%, but I think this is uh, this could be someone who busted out in a heartbeat, kind of a flash in the pan, or he could be a legit player. I think he's legit. I like Kevin Newman a lot, and I'm going to pick him, even though I like Tommy Edmond a lot. Give me Newman of those three, Larry. And then for outfield, he's got Mike Topman, Cole Calhoun, and Avisail Garcia. Remember, these are like end-of-the-draft selections that Larry is pondering. So Mike Talkman, Cole Calhoun, or Evasel Garcia. I'll take Garcia all day. I think he's going to flourish in Milwaukee, playing in Miller Stadium, or Miller Park. Oh, geez, I call it a stadium. I really love Garcia. I've always loved his bat. He always hit the ball hard. That's been his thing. And he was going to be the next Miguel Cabrera when he was on the Tigers, but it just never popped. And now that he's 28 years old, he's 6'4", 250 pounds. He plays well when he gets opportunity, but he doesn't walk much. So if you're a fan of OBP leagues, you want to watch out for that. But he can hit for average at times. Last year, he hit 282 in 125 games for Tampa Bay. In 2017 with the White Sox, he hit 330. He hit 330, guys. And that was just a couple years ago in 2017. That was very impressive. He doesn't show 30 home run potential, even though he hits the ball hard. So I don't know if Miller Park may give him a boost on his career high of 20 home runs. But of the three of these guys, it's no debate to me. Talkman, Calhoun, and Garcia, I'm going Garcia completely. Give him to me. And then the starting pitcher, the final selection. It's your last pick of your draft. You can choose between Adrian Hauser, Luke Weaver, or Jose Urquidy. Oh, I'm going to screw that up, aren't I? I read it all the time, but I've never said it out loud. I think uh, Weaver, if he's healthy, people are loving what he can bring to the table in Arizona this year. But Hauser is getting a lot of buzz. 
positive buzz. Again, we're going back to Miller Park and a Brewer. If if you're asking me of the three of these guys, it's between Weaver and Hauser. To me, I don't think, I'm not a big Urquidy fan, but that doesn't mean I'm right. That's just how I feel about it. Uh, I think that Hauser can give you something special. Last year, he pitched 111 innings. He went six and seven, starting 18 games, a 372 ERA, FIP of 388, so that's pretty much in line. Uh, he had a home run fly ball rate of 18%. That stands out a little bit, interestingly enough. But he also had a 9.5K per nine, which is great, and his walk per nine was right around three. So, eh, I like some of the peripherals we're seeing here from Hauser. I think he's going to be one of the starters, so he's going to get a shot. But I don't know. In 111 innings, was this a flash in a pan? It wasn't like it was incredible. In the minor leagues, he showed some popping numbers, but again, in very limited opportunities. They're, they're not substantial sample sizes, so it does make me question that. Now that I'm starting to say it out loud, maybe your KD is the guy. But if Luke Weaver's healthy, I think we're going to go Weaver. He came over from the Cardinals along with Carson Kelly in the... Uh, Paul Goldschmidt trade. There we go. And I think Weaver is a really good pitcher. It's just a matter of will he be healthy? Is his arm ready to go? Will it be an innings limit? He's never pitched more than 136 innings. That was in 2018. In 64 innings last year, he had a 2.94 ERA, 3.07 FIP. That looks good. Caper 9 of 9.6. That is healthy stuff. These are numbers you really want to get into that make you salivate. So I think Weaver's the best of the three of these, Larry. That would be my choice. Especially if he was available that late, I'd be very happy about that. But I'm not sure he'll be available at the very end of your draft. Just something to consider. Thanks again, Larry. Appreciate your emails. And then uh, we got one from Joel. Joel checks in and says, Hey guys, longtime listener. First time question asker. I just joined a 10 player keeper league. If you inherited these shortstops, would you keep any of them or try your luck in the draft and possibly use them as trade bait? It's a 10 player keeper league. Would you keep these shortstops? Marcus Simeon, Tim Anderson, Paul DeJong. Yours truly, Joel from the Great White North. Thank you, Joel. Oh, he sent a follow up email as well giving us more information. It's a 14-team league. Runs, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases. Average and OPS are all categories. Okay, interesting. Hmm, Simeon, Anderson, and DeJong. Would you keep any, all three, one of these, move them? Hmm, I don't know if I would do that. The draft pick starts in round 11. If you're keeping 10 players, even if you call it the first round, it's the 11th round. And then with 14 teams, that makes it even deeper. So you're you're getting way in the weeds on that one. I, uh, hmm. That's a tough call. I think of the three of these guys, Simeon piques my interest. Tim Anderson was the batting champ from the AL last year, which is amazing. And he can run. There's a lot of fun there. And DeJong, he doesn't walk much, which bothers me. I'm, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I love guys who get on base. It's just my thing. But Paul DeJong has shown flashes of brilliance, and he's only 26 years old, guys. He's going to be in an excellent lineup in St. Louis, which is very exciting. And last year, he hit 30 home runs. 2018, he hit 19 home runs in 115 games. 
And actually his walk percentage went up from 18 to 19 from seven to 9%, which is, which is better. His average hurts though. You're playing in an average league. Two, he hit 233 last year and 241 in 2018. Hmm, that makes me wonder a bit. I think Simeon's the guy who people would probably, you would definitely keep him. It's like, the, it's the easiest call probably because he's had a track record that people have been waiting for. And now he's 29 years old and he explodes last year by hitting 285 with a 370 on base and 33 home runs, 92 RBIs and 10 steals which is continuous for him because he's stolen 14 and 12 in the previous two years. But his walk rate went up to 11.5%, which was a little bit of a jump for him. So I think Simeon is the guy that you want to hang on to here because the next couple of years are going to be the best of his career, in my opinion. And then I would look to uh, move on from DeJong. And as far as Tim Anderson goes, I'm not sure. Tim Anderson has great speed, so... Obviously, you're going to get stolen bases with him. And he hit, like I said, he was the AL batting champ, hitting 335 last year. <sighs> mm, this is tough. His walk rate, though, is 3%. It's just horrid. Horrid. 3%. That's so bad, Tim Anderson. OPS is a category. I think, I think Simeon's the guy you want to keep here. Simply based on your league structure and your categories, Joel. All right. Well, that's how I see it. That's our emails. Uh, we thank you so much. You can email us, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, at protonmail.com. And you can hit us up on Twitter with tweets, and we will happily answer your questions. Uh, we're getting really excited because we got the great fantasy baseball invitational that's about to kick off. The draft starts on uh, March 1st, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We are in League 25. And also the Raz Slam from Razball.com. We are in that, and that gets going soon as well. We don't know what position we'll be in in that yet, but uh, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to being in these leagues. Uh, Zach Braff, who is a legit fantasy analyst, is in the league that I am in, so I'm really excited to compete against guys who know their stuff and see how I stack up. This is a new experience for me. I feel like a, I feel like a little boy. You know, it's my first time going to middle school or high school you know your freshman year of high school remember what that felt like you're like oh my god what am i doing here so yeah this is really exciting thank you so much to matt williams as well he is a part of the turn two podcast which is an excellent fantasy baseball podcast i strongly recommend you listen to it and enjoy it and get information from it he has included me in a best ball showdown which is the first time I'm doing a best ball league. It's really exciting where you draft and then there's no transactions and the season just plays out with your best scores from your best week counting as the main effort from what I'm gathering. I admit I've never done best ball. It's one of the last formats I'm foreign to. So thanks to Matt Williams for including me in on that. Uh, that draft is uh, at 12 o'clock Friday. So that's noon tomorrow. Looking forward to that. So in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, we have the eighth pick, and it's a very interesting pick. I did a mock draft the other night, and it really leads into many opportunities for starting pitching. I got Hinjin Ryu in the 10th round, which I thought was pretty valuable, considering it's 15 teams, 
and the rosters are huge as well. It's got two catchers. It's a roto league, so there are many considerations that you want to focus on in a league like that. So it's just thrilling. I thank you, Justin Mason, for including me in that. Um, there are so many great podcasts to listen to out there besides this one. Bases Loaded Podcast with Mike Curland is amazing. Check that one out. A bat flip crazy with the fella named Toby. He's really good. Check those out. So turn two, bases loaded, and bat flip crazy. Those are fun podcasts. There's so much fantasy information from different angles, and I think you encompass that and you put it all into your own point of view. That's how I see it. Okay, that's it. It's over. We did the damn thing. <laughs> This is the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Hit us up on Twitter. Email us with your questions or your confrontations if you want to rip on me for making mistakes. I love that too. Uh, Chris Deere will be back next week when we return to our rankings routine as we focus on middle infielders, second and short. That's it. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.